Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everybody. A very early good morning. Not quite even six o'clock right now, as I'm bringing you this. Um, well, live for some of you, perhaps, but um, we are still third day at our VBS, so I'm getting to record this early before we go. So I thought I would just get it going early. It's nice to have any of you early risers. Of course, some of you, I guess, that live in different parts of the country, it's already it's 8 o'clock. But um, we are having a wonderful time up there and really appreciate you guys praying for us as we are having a, a wonderful time up there. We're getting little kids' hearts aligned and getting them in love with Jesus, and that's the important thing. So, because I have a little bit more time than normal, thought we'd look over some of our fun stuff, our normal stuff, this day in history, trivia, some of the things that happened on this day. Okay, the 13th of April. Winston Churchill said he has all the virtues I dislike and none of the vices I admire. <laughs> Apollo 13 oxygen tank explodes on this day Houston we have a problem and this is when they started that whole thing of trying to get that all put together 1943 the Jefferson Memorial was dedicated Billy the Kid sentenced to hang on this day interesting and um, let's see and that's probably about Nope, nope, there's a couple more. Let me, the most hated woman in America, the banned Bible reading. American atheist known for getting the Bible reading banned in U.S. public schools. Madeline Marie O'Hare was born in, on this day in 1919. Interesting. Um, and I knew I wanted to read something about, because it's a long article. But her son John... Life magazine called her the most hated woman in America. Then she went on to found the organization American Atheist and created the first issue of American Atheist magazine. Her son, the subject of a court case, later converted to Christianity, became a Baptist minister. That's the one I wanted to, to get to. God has a sense of humor. Um, the inventor of duct tape was born on this day, 1965, Vesta Strout. Now let's look over to a couple of dad jokes for this morning. I, th I found one I thought was pretty funny. This one. Um, lost my job at the bank on my first day. A woman asked me to check her balance, so I pushed her over. <laughs> mm, okay, what do you call a flying priest? A bird of prey. That's kind of goofy. Well, let's look over into our reading this morning. Deuteronomy 31, 32. All right. Father God, thank you for this morning, and we uh, thank you for this time we have together. Pray that you would guide us and direct us in our minds as we read into these things and give us clear understanding of things you want us to see here. So thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Okay, let me get my coffee close by. Deuteronomy. So Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel, and he said to them, I'm 120 years old today, and I'm no longer able to come and go. And the Lord has said to me, You shall not cross this Jordan. It is the Lord your God who will cross ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua is the one who will cross ahead of you, just as the Lord has spoken. The Lord will do to them, just as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will deliver them before you, and you shall do to them according to all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous, and do not be afraid or tremble at them, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Then Moses called to Joshua and said to them, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall give it to them as an inheritance. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. So Moses wrote this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to all the elders of Israel. Then Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, at the end of the year of remission of debts, at the Feast of Booths, then when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place which he will choose, you shall read this law in front of all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, the men and the women, and the children and the alien who is in your town, so that they may hear and learn and fear the Lord your God, and be careful to observe all the words of this law. Their children, whom have not known, will hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as you live on the land which you are about to cross the Jordan to possess. Verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, the time for you to die is near. Call Joshua, present yourselves at the tent of meeting, that I may commission him. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves at the tent of meeting. The Lord appeared in the tent in a pillar of cloud, and the pillar stood at the doorway of the tent. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you are about to lie down with your fathers. And this people will arise and play the harlot with strange gods of the land, into the midst of which they are going, and they will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have made with them. Then my anger will be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them and hide my face from them, and they will be consumed and many evils and troubles will come upon them, so that they will say in that day, Is it not because our God is not among us that these evils have come upon us? But I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil which they will do, for they will turn to other gods. Now, therefore, write this song for yourselves and teach it to the sons of Israel. Put it on their lips so that this song may be a witness for me against the sons of Israel. For when I bring them into the land flowing with milk and honey, which I swore to their fathers, and they have eaten and are satisfied and become prosperous, then they will turn to other gods and serve them, and spurn me and break my covenant. Then it shall come about, when many 
evils and troubles have come upon them, that this song will testify before them as a witness. For it shall not be forgotten from the lips of their descendants, for I know their intent which they are developing today, before I have brought them into the land which I swore. So Moses wrote this song the same day and taught it to the sons of Israel. Verse 23. Then he commissioned Joshua the son of Nun and said, Be strong, courageous, for you shall bring the sons of Israel into the land which I swore to them, and I will be with you. It came about when Moses finished writing the words of this law in the book until they were complete. And Moses commanded the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law and place it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may remain there as a witness against you. For I know your rebellion and your stubbornness. Behold, while I am still alive with you today, you have been rebellious against the Lord. How much more then after my death? Assemble to, assemble to me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words to, in their hearing and call the heavens and the earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death you will act corruptly and turn from the way which I have commanded you, and evil will befall you in the latter days. For you will do that which is evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger with the work of your hands. Then Moses spoke in the hearing of all the assembly of Israel the words of this song until they were complete. Chapter 32, The Song of Moses Give ear, O heavens, and let me speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. Let my teachings drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, as the droplets of fresh grass, and as the showers of the herb. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are just, a God of faithfulness and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. They have acted corruptly towards him. They are not his children because of their defect, but are a perverse and crooked generation. Do you thus repay the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is not he your father who has bought you? He has made you and established you. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of all generations. Ask the Father, and he will inform you, your elders, and they will tell you, when the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of man, when he set boundaries for the peoples, according to the number of the sons of God. For the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob his allotment, for his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the howling waste of a wilderness. He encircled him and cared for him. He guarded him as the pupil of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that hovers over its young. He spread his wings and caught them. He carried them in his pinions. The Lord alone guided him. And there was no foreign god with him. He made him ride on his high places of the earth, and he ate the produce of the field. And he made him suck honey from the rock, and oil from the flinty rock, curds of cows, and milk of the flock. 
with the fat of lambs and rams, the bread of Bashan and goats, with the finest of the wheat and of the blood of grapes. You drank wine, but Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You are grown fat, thick, and sleek. Then he forsook God who made him and scorned the rock of his salvation. They made him jealous with strange gods. With abominations, they provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons who were not God, to gods whom they have not known, new gods who came lately, whom their fathers did not dread. You neglected the rock who begot you and forgot the God who gave you birth. The Lord saw this and spurned them because of the provocation of the sons and daughters. Then he said, I will hide my face from them. I shall see what their end shall be, for they are a perverse generation. They have made me jealous with what is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their idols, so I will make them jealous with those who are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation, for a fire is kindled in my anger and burns to the lowest part of Sheol and consumes the earth with its yield and sets on fire the foundations of the mountains, and I will heap misfortunes upon them. I will use my arrows on them. They will lay wasted by famine, and consumed by plague, and bitter destruction. And the teeth of beasts I will send upon them, with the venom of crawling things of the dust. Outside the sword will bereave, and inside terror both young man and virgin, the nursing with the man of gray hair. I would have said, I will cut them to pieces. I will remove the memory of them from men, had I not feared the propagation of the enemy. And their adversaries would misjudge, that they would say, our hand is triumphant. The Lord has not done all this, for they are a nation lacking in counsel, and there is no understanding in them. Would that they were wise, and they understood this, that they would discern their future. How could one chase a thousand and put ten thousand to flight unless their rock had sold them and the Lord had given them up? Indeed, the rock is not like our rock. Even our enemies themselves judge this. For their vine is from the vine of Sodom and from the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of poison their clusters bitter. Their wine is the venom of serpents and the deadly poison of cobras. It is not laid up in store with me, sealed up in my treasures. Vengeance is mine and retribution. In due time, their foot will slip, for the day of their calamity is near, and the impending things are hastening upon them, for the Lord will vindicate his people and will have compassion on his servants when he sees that their strength is gone and there is none remaining, bond or free. And he will say, Where are their gods? The rock in which they sought refuge, who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offering. Let them rise up and help you. Let them be your hiding place. See now that I am he, and there is no God besides me. It is I who put to death and gave life. I have wounded, and it is I who heal. 
There is no one who can deliver from my hand. Indeed, I lift up my head to heaven. And I say, as I live forever, if I sharpen my flashing sword and my hand takes hold on justice, I will render vengeance on my adversaries. I will repay those who hate me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood, and my sword will devour flesh with the blood of the slain and the captives. For the long-haired leaders of the enemy rejoice, O nations, with their people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance on his adversaries and will atone for his land and his people. Then Moses came and spoke all the words of this song in the hearing of the people, he with Joshua, the son of Nun. When Moses had finished speaking these words to all of Israel, he said to them, Take to your heart all the words with which I am warning you today, which you shall command your sons to observe carefully, even all the words of this law. For it is not an idle word for you, indeed it is for your life. And by this word you will prolong your days in the land which you are about to cross the Jordan to possess. The Lord spoke to Moses that very same day, saying, Go up to this mountain of Abarim, Mount Nebo, in the land of Moab, opposite Jericho, and look at the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the sons of Israel for possession. Then die on the mountain where you ascend, and be gathered to your people, as Aaron your brother died on Mount Hor, and was gathered to his people, because you broke faith with me in the midst of the sons of Israel, in the waters of Meribah, Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin, because you did not treat me as holy in the midst of the sons of Israel. For you shall see the land at a distance, but you shall not go there into the land which I am giving to the sons of Israel. So we will stop there and just look at this for a minute. How interesting it is what he is saying. Uh, A song, quite a song. (laughs) That's a long, long song to learn. This is what they were to repeat every year. The, the, The whole kind of history of their fathers coming out of Israel and their history of rebellion and their history of God's righteousness and his vindication of those who rebel against him. So we see a lot of things going on here. Moses finally going up on Mount Nebo to lay himself down to be gathered with his fathers, which is um, directly, interestingly enough, Mount Nebo is directly across from Jerusalem and across directly, they believe, where he was looking and buried from the Temple Mount where Abraham sacrificed his, or tried to, <laughs> Isaac, where Jesus was crucified. And it's the, where the Holy of Holies was. It's really interesting when you look into that. did a whole study on that in the book of Deuteronomy. These issues that he's giving them, it's just so sad, but also interesting that God gave them this there, this warning says you're going to go into the land, but you are going to rebel, and this is what's going to happen. They get their whole history in advance, but the spiritual concept or the the things I think we're supposed to look at are the positive things. Obviously, Moses is not going to go into the land. They're going to go in with Joshua, and as we know, Joshua is Jesus. That's the name as it's translated over into the Greek. And they were to follow him as they go into the land. He would lead them to inherit their spiritual inheritance, their physical inheritance, but also spiritually, he was now going to be leading them 
And but Moses said, in a sense, I will be with you. God will be with you. You know, there's this whole sense of walking by faith. You may not see me, but I'll I'll be there in the background. And and but Joshua was going to be with them, fighting their battles, leading them in battles, and a lot of exciting things as we see that them they're going in with Joshua, and we'll be reading about that. What a wonderful, wonderful um, concept of Jesus there in the Old Testament and how we are to fight our spiritual battles following him. John 11. So we're not going to do Charles Spurgeon today because this is, uh, I got a lot of reading going on today and a lot of things going on today. The death and resurrection of Lazarus, John 11. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So his sister sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard this, he said, The sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and his sister Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, when he stayed two days longer in the place where he was, then after this he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. His disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? And he answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. This he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awaken him from sleep. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. And when Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he was speaking of literal sleep. So Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Therefore Thomas who was called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, so that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews who had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, he will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have believed you are the Son of Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. When she had said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village but was still in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house 
and consoling her, when they saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man also from dying? So Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, but by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Therefore many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus had done. Therefore the chief priests and the Pharisees convened a council and were saying, What are we going to do? For this man is performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, all men will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you take into account that it is expedient for you that one man die for the people and that the whole nation not perish. Now, he did not say this of his own initiative, but being the high priest of the year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation. And not for the nation only, but in order that he might also gather together into one the children of God who are scattered abroad, So from that day on, they planned together to kill him. Therefore, Jesus no longer continued to walk publicly among the Jews, but went away from there to the country near the wilderness, into the city called Ephraim. And there he stayed with the disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was near, and many of them went up to Jerusalem out of the country before the Passover to purify themselves. So they were seeking for Jesus and were and were staying and were saying one to another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? That he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, they were to report it so that they might seize him. The raising of Lazarus from the dead. This incredible story given to us in the word of God so that we might understand that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. It is so it's so amazing the way he put that. It's so amazing that he could make that statement. Not that he could give us resurrection, that he is the resurrection. 
And that's profound. It's one of those things you have to just stop and think about because there is no resurrection apart from him, and he is the one who raised from the dead. Once you are in Christ, you become a part of his resurrection. So he literally meant it that I am the resurrection. And if you believe in him, you'll never die. You become part of his of his spiritual body and you only die the physical death. You never die the spiritual death. But your body is raised and glorified. And it is glorified as part of the body of Christ. You he is the literal resurrection. It is beyond my my limited human understanding to think that, but Jesus could express it in such a poetic and beautiful way and visual way. He simply says, Father, thank you for hearing me. Lazarus, come out. Just come out. He had all authority over life and death. Death was that which he came to conquer over for you and me. Death is not natural. We were never supposed to die. And this is where people get so messed up in their thinking. I should say they... On both sides, people think, well, this is the way life has always been. Therefore, life is, we're supposed to embrace our death. And, you know, we get the kind of the glorification of death. Here in Mexico, the Day of the Dead is is both beautiful and tragic at the same time. People do want to honor their loved ones. And that's always a good thing. That's always a good thing to remember and honor people in your family. But there's also a celebration of death itself. People just get preoccupied with death, and uh, it gets weird. We are not supposed to celebrate death. We're supposed to celebrate life. We are a people of light and life. And uh, unless you have the light in you, not interesting it says that unless you have the light, not before you, but unless you have the light in you, you will stumble. I love the way he put that, and that's true. You need the light of the word of God, of God in you to illuminate your path as you walk in this world or you will stumble and get messed up. And we have to remember that. So this morning, we will leave it there for now. We will remember the resurrection. This is the week that we remember the resurrection. Remember that Jesus, it was expedient for one man to die so that all the nation might be delivered, and of course the whole nation of the world might be delivered. So we're going to continue to celebrate that. We celebrate that with the kids. Now I love that, the fact that we can have such a fun time with the kids and they get a a good understanding of the resurrection as we are going through this. And Renee is focusing a lot on that, on the story of Lazarus and resurrection and what it means for us to be set free and to be part of the body of Christ and be resurrected, to be raised with and on that last day. So, Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this morning and giving us this time together. I ask you to bless it, God, as we press on in our day and go through this week and giving you all the glory and being able to use it as a witness tool, Father. We err in spending all of our energies on Christmas at your birth and yet seem to not 
take this week as serious because of the media and the uh, the pagan cultures we live in really don't want to acknowledge your death and your payment for sin. But we do, and we thank you for that, and we thank you for going to the cross for us. We want to give you honor this week, ask you to just place within us that precious knowledge of our own salvation, of our own redemption, and uh, Father, hopefully you'll open up opportunities for us to share that with someone this week. We ask your healing touch upon all of our brothers and sisters that are still needing much uh, care and much attention. Uh, We have various things going on. Our bodies are getting kind of older, falling apart to some degree. I know my shoulders kind of falling apart, my hips bugging me, all kinds of things. God just asks you to be touching us and healing us. Touch Renee today. She she has got so much on her plate to do, her back especially, that she can be loosened up and feel uh, she can operate without pain today. So she'd have mobility. Same with Kazumi and John and Pam, as we all need that mobility, God. Kazumi, God, she's got some special issues going on. You just pray you touch her body so that, that uh, her body is regenerating cell by cell and just feeling the body is improving, God, and that she's not being attacked by any any kind of um, infection or anything, God. Just keep keep her body strong. And uh, thank you for healing up John's shoulder the way you did through surgery. And just, uh, Father, keep his foot and ankle and everything working good as he's working with me out there and pam too as we go through those long days it gets harder god at the end of the day to walk and to feel uh pain-free but we pray that you would uh, give us freedom of motion and freedom of pain today as we go through our day so thank you for francisco and his healing that you are doing in his body encourage him god and thank you for his family that's around him to encourage him and his healing and for one, Carlos in Mexico City, we want to keep lifting up our brother, looking for a solution to the tumor that he's got and how to deal with that. And for Karen Skoog, lifting her up, God, for a, a, a hopefully a pain-free day and, and not having major issues, just keep her, God, on her, the, the, the meds to get her healing the cancer killed off. Same with anyone that's on the uh, any kind of rigid program to deal with their cancer celeste god is she's well aware and well familiar with how to go through this keep her emotions stable and keep her heart focused and said steadfast upon you and god will lift up again our brothers and sisters in ukraine for their deliverance pray for the soldiers both on both sides that they would be able to not die but be able to find shelter and until this whole thing can be over and that the russian soldiers would disobey any order to kill civilians just completely disobey them and may you judge father those leaders that would give those orders to kill women and children innocent for no reason so father we we thank you for this day and we give it to you god for you to guide and direct us in all that we do in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Let me get back to the live scene. There it is. For being with us this morning early, if you are live with us. Thank you 
and I'm not live. Oh my gosh, what happened? I was live. Anyway, I jumped off. Don't know what happened there. God bless. <laughs> what do I say? Goodbye. I'm not streaming anymore, but I'm recording. All right. See you back. Bye-bye.